Hey, Faversham Community Church, Steve Dunn here. Uh, it's almost a year, I think, since I was last with you guys, and even then I couldn't visit, and I still can't visit now. It's such a shame, but it's the reality of where we're at. But things are opening up, things are looking on the up at the very least, so uh, I trust it won't be long before I can come and see you guys again. I hope you're well. We, we're good. We're okay. Um, I gather this is the uh, commencement of your prayer month, the month of prayer you're launching into, which is a great thing to do. It's something we've done a few years running at Beacon Church as, as well, and, and it, it's a tremendous boon to us as uh, a community of God's people, what it does to us, but also the, the fruit it bears um, uh, beyond it as well. It's such a great thing to do, and I, and I, uh, I pray you will be seeing some wonderful fruit on the back of it uh, in the not-too-distant future. It's a great thing to do and well done. And with that in mind, uh, I want to talk just for the next 20 minutes or so just about how prayer is and needs to be tied up in our very identity as God's people, not just something that's seen as an activity, if that makes sense. I mean, for starters, who of us is good at praying? If you think you're good at praying, put your hand up. Because actually, the more we think about it, if we're honest, none of us is really but the encouraging thing is that not only that none of us are alone in finding it hard at, at times but also that the problem with that can lie in the fact of how we view it in the first place because our tendency can be to view prayer as something that we do as a list of all the other things that Christians do you know, we read our Bibles and we sing worship songs and we perform acts of kindness and we pray and we do small groups and so on and so on. It just gets included in that list. But that unconscious perspective, it reduces prayer far beneath what it really is and is therefore missing out on the point that our identity as God's people is what fuels and enables prayer in the first place. It's not a I must try harder at this because it's expected of me as a Christian kind of thing. Or or even, well, I'll, I'll leave the big praying to the experts, those who are better at it than me. Um, I'll leave it to the professionals, except for when I need something, uh, which can sound very flippant, I know, can sound very caricatured, until we realise that that is how so many of us, if not all of us, can operate at times. The truth is, prayer is far less about what we do and far more about who we are as God's people. I mean, if you just take a look at the Bible, as right from the beginning, as you work our way through early human history in the Old Testament, from the very beginning of the Bible, we see far less about prayer than we do simply of people praying. The Bible on this subject is less of a user manual and more of a photo album. Even right at the beginning in the Old Testament, it just says things like, and Abraham prayed to God for such and such to be healed. And Isaac prayed to the Lord that his wife would get pregnant. And Moses went out from Pharaoh and prayed to the Lord. And so on and so on. It just presents it as this is what it looks like to be God's people. It's purely observation without any kind of introduction or explanation or, or even comment. There's no real dissection of prayer and the mechanics of how it works, but rather there's just depictions of scenes where it happens. And any further discussion that does occur along the way in the Bible is about the when you pray, rather than don't forget to study the workings of prayer. It's a bit like driving a car. I mean, how many of us really understand how a car engine works? 
And yet, most of us can still drive a car without having the foggiest clue of what's actually going on underneath that bonnet. So let me just stress it again that the Bible, when it comes to prayer, it's less of a user manual. It's more of a photo album. Why? Because it's more interested in the presence and impact of prayer than it is in us understanding how this car engine really works. It's just saying, don't worry about the crankshafts and the gaskets. Just get driving. So with that in mind, while understanding in the first place that this is a biblical assumption of what it means to be God's people, then let's take a, a, a little kind of more close, closer look at what the Bible does reveal to help us fully grasp that prayer is so tightly knitted and woven into who we are as God's people. And to do that, we're going to park prayer to one side for a minute. Bear with me. I'm going to park prayer to one side and let's just turn to look at the subject of justice just for a moment. Let's just take this sidestep. Look at the thing of biblical justice because justice is about repair justice is about making right for example if someone steals twenty thousand pounds say and the thief gets caught and is sent to prison we can argue that consequences have been met and punishment has been dealt but true justice is not fully fulfilled unless the thief also repays the victim the money that they stole True justice is not just about catching and punishing. It's also about restoration and repair. And we see this in a, in a very fresh, unique way in the gospel too. How not only is punishment for our crimes against God and against each other are meted out on Jesus on the cross, but through him, our broken relationship with God is restored too. Jesus takes our punishment and we get restored. Not just restored with what we deserve, actually, but even better, we get restored with what we don't deserve. Jesus gets what we deserve, our punishment. We get what we don't deserve, mercy and restoration. And so wrapped up in that crazy love of what he's done for us right there, it's bound up in the heart of justice, that final destination of repair and making right. And so when we look around us, right now we clearly live in a world where all is not right it's a broken world it's a fallen world and every single one of us human beings has cried out against injustice and wrongs whether these are things that affect us personally or things we even see on tvs happening to strangers we've never met probably will never met and it still upsets us there's something wrong with this this world is broken ultimately by us by humankind and the point of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is that we can fully know the good God who loves us so much he stepped into our brokenness, carried that upon his shoulders on the cross, so that through him we may be made whole again, repair. That's the beauty of Jesus and the joy of what it means to become his people, being made whole again. And in the meantime, we still remain in this world that is still broken. So the Bible is packed full of God's intentions and interactions with with or without us i mean it's in his very nature from the start it's in his character you look at deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 4 it says the rock his work is perfect for all his ways are justice a god of faithfulness and without iniquity just and upright is he and psalm 89 verse 14 righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. 
steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. And then one more example, Isaiah chapter 61 verse 8, for I the Lord love justice. This is in God's character, he effectively bleeds justice. It just is born from his very heart. And so it seeps into his, his request of us as his people. If you look at the likes of Isaiah chapter 1 verse 17, it says, Learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. And uh, further in Micah 6 verse 8, the famous verse, What does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God and one more again Proverbs 21 verse 3 to do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice so we see justice is born from the very heart of God and as his people we get swept up into that very same intent so now we come back to the subject of prayer and that word pray, as it pops up throughout the Bible, outside of prayerful praise and celebration of God and thanksgiving, when it comes to asking for things, petition, the word so often used in the Old Testament for the word to pray is the word, it's a Hebrew word called paulel. It happens 82 times in the Old Testament. And this word paulel, to pray, it carries a sense of mediation, coming between, and arbitration, it's about resolving disputes. Prayer is fundamentally about seeking justice. Those examples I gave earlier from the, from Genesis about Abraham and Isaac and Moses. Abraham, we see, is praying for a person's healing. They are not well. They are sick. They need to be well. It's not right. Repair. Isaac prayed for fertility where there was none. Moses was praying for a nationwide turnaround in the plagues and the release and the rescue of God's people. And this carries on through history to Jesus himself in the New Testament. We see Jesus in John chapter 17. He's praying for his father to receive his rightful glory. You're not getting it. Will you get the glory that you fully deserve? And Jesus in the same chapter, he's praying for his disciples to be protected. He's saying, will you keep them safe? They're not safe. Will you keep them safe? Will you protect them? And even for his own, his Jesus's love to be demonstrated through his people. He said, people aren't seeing it. Will they see it? This isn't right. Will you make it so? So time and time again, we see prayer is rooted in a plea to the one who can intervene. This isn't right, and it should be. You're the one we're turning to because you're the one who can. And straight away, therefore, we just get a hold of prayer being far more than just about having a shopping list of nice things we'd like. Dear God, can I have this? Dear God, can I have that? At the heart of prayer, actually, we find justice. Prayer it's fundamentally about an appeal for something that is not right to be fixed, to be repaired, for God to get the attention and the glory that he deserves, for right to overcome wrong, for crooked to be made straight, for truth to trump lies, for brokenness to be made whole. And suddenly we discover in the most basic understanding of prayer the very heartbeat of God himself. And therefore, as God's people, reborn with his spiritual DNA, should that not increasingly be what stirs us throughout our everyday lives? Prayer 
is a continuation of living out what it means to be God's people and therefore his representatives here on earth. This translates right across the Bible from the Old Testament into the New Testament. I've already mentioned John chapter 17. But in the New Testament compared to the Old Testament, we find the very same unchanging God and the very same understanding of prayer in the first place. Notably, one example is in the story that Jesus tells of the persistent widow in Luke chapter 18. I'm just going to let me just read the first eight verses. Luke 18 verses 1 to 8. And he, Jesus, told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. Will not God give justice to his elect, who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Mike Betts once said that prayer is at its best in the context of drama. And for example, you look all the way through the book of Acts, the the early days of the church, every corporate prayer time there is in the context of drama. For example, when they need they need more leaders in the church or when there's political oppression or when there's sickness or when there's the seeking of truth or when people are imprisoned and so on. There's this tension in things not being right and their primary response was therefore prayer. I don't see much drama or or seeking of justice in me just asking for nice things I'd like which can be our tendency but this parable that Jesus uses to encourage us into more prayer what is it focused on drama and justice repair this isn't right may it be right so here we find this widow this is a woman with nowhere to go she's weak she's poor she's vulnerable she has an adversary she has an abuser and notably she's a widow she she has no husband to fight for her even this judge is her only option because in that culture he would have been the one to decide in civil disputes and this widow she wouldn't have gone to this fallible human judge who's even described here by jesus as someone with no respect for man or fear for god and yet this fallible judge she, she, she wouldn't have gone to him without some degree of trust that it would nevertheless pay off. Otherwise, she wouldn't have persisted. It's like a dog with a bone, isn't she? She nags him. She's going to the only place she knows she can find justice. And she's trusting it will pay off. So when it comes to us and our infallible father, how often do we still treat God as our only option? <laughs> when it comes to justice and the making of things to be right, is, is that sometimes our last resort even? Do we get on with things alone and let them fester and we, we, we worry about things or get angry about things? Are we in the habit of being self-sufficient? I, I know I have been on many an occasion. Or do we turn to him first and foremost as the resolver of disputes and as the repairer of perfect justice? Whether that's things in my life or things in the lives of others. And so we just compare this to us 
this passage, we compare it to us in the context that we all find ourselves in as Christians here on this planet, whatever our class, whatever our culture, whatever our colour, we are all God's people. We are not of this broken world, but Jesus is nevertheless sending us into it, John 17 again, in order to represent him, in order to partner with him in his mission, in order to proclaim his good news, in order to seek his unfolding kingdom in the lives of the people around us, in order to enact and ask for his will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven, to see justice. Justice, it burns in the very heart of God. And as his people, it should do so in ours as well. And prayer, as we see here, is ultimately it's the seeking of justice. Whether that's individually, whether that's together, as we pray, we are seeking the heart of a just God and we're asking for his intervention. He's not Father Christmas. Dear Santa, can I have X, Y and Z? He's not Father Christmas. He's Father God. Which isn't to say we, we can't ask for nice things. He tells us to. It's okay to ask for our daily bread and it's okay to ask for fun. He's not pious and po-faced. Only do the serious stuff. He's not. He's a God who likes to laugh. For Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness. He's, he's also though, Jesus was one who's quick to cry. He cried over a city and he cried over a person. Jesus wore his heart on his sleeve. He, he lived the whole emotional gamut of what it means to be human. But Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7 says that Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears so let's too let's be the epitome of what it means to be God's people joining in with his heart for justice in seeking protection for the vulnerable in seeking peace for the troubled seeking for truth to prevail seeking freedom for the bound, which includes salvation, of course, seeking his good news to be heard and responded to, souls to be rescued, freed from bondage. And this prayer month of yours, this is an opportunity to really press in and to drill deep, to, to seek all of that, to press in with expectation, with encouragement and with a desire to see God intervene in situations that just aren't right. Be asking him. Be inviting him, be calling on him to bring justice and rescue, displaying his glory as he repairs and he restores and he makes whole. Expect God to do some mighty things this month and beyond, not, not in terms of getting nice things, but in terms of further unfolding his wonderful mission of true justice through us, his people, that of bringing the lost home, of binding up the injured, of healing the broken. Prayer is far less about what we do and far more about who we are as God's people partnering with him in seeing his will being done here on earth let's get praying let me pray for you Lord we thank you we thank you that not only are you uh, able to move without us but you invite us to partner with you in your great mission on earth of of healing the injured of saving lost souls of of making what is broken whole once more lord we we thank you that we are in a world where your kingdom is not fully here but it is here it's here and not yet it's now and not yet lord we thank you that we're in this wonderful space of you bringing heaven towards earth on a regular basis and you invite us you invite us to partner with you to join with you in the seeking of justice and 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 intervening and being and representing you here on earth as your agents on this planet lord by holy spirit's help we thank you this that is a 
an astonishing jaw-dropping privilege and it's it's something we don't want to hold too lightly we want to embrace it with both hands and run into it together lord will you help us to do that will you bless faversham community community church richly as as they press into seeking justice seeking your face hearing from you seeking your will being done here on earth in faversham and beyond will you do some wonderful wonderful things through them not just for the sake of great stories but ultimately for your glory and your kingdom come will you do that we pray for holy spirit's power and in jesus name amen Amen. Be blessed. Keep praying.